0: and welcome to episode 54 of Now We're Talking. I'm Rob Danish from the University of Waterloo, and I'm a professor of communication studies. And this is a podcast about how to improve your communication skills. So today we're going to talk about one of my simplest and most favorite rules of thumb that I teach in my persuasion class, and one of the most important rules of thumb in persuasive communication. And that is the idea that attention is persuasion. And where we wanna, I want to talk about why that is and, and how that works. So um, one of the central functions of language, whether that language is writing or speak, whether the language is used in writing or speaking, regardless, one of the central functions of language is that it highlights some selection of reality and it uh, backgrounds some other selection of reality. So let's say your friend, uh, you meet your friend for lunch and the first thing you notice is that they got a new haircut. And the first thing out of your mouth is, oh, you got a new haircut. It looks so nice. The use of language in that case has selected some feature of the situation and drawn attention to it and highlighted it. When it does that, there's a whole bunch of other things going on in that situation that are backgrounded or taken out of the spotlight. So imagine metaphorically, think of it, think of it like this. Uh, you have a dark room and one spotlight, and the spotlight moves around the dark room. And when it moves around the dark room, it draws attention to one thing in the room, say a chair or a piece of clothing or a table. And that highlighting feature also leaves a bunch of other things in the room in the dark. And this is what language does functionally. So one of the most important and most critical effects of the use of language is the highlighting of some selection of reality and the kind of darkening or backgrounding or ignoring of some other selection of reality. So... The main purpose of most persuasive communication is to direct the listener's attention to some selection of reality, just like a spotlight directs the viewer's attention to some selection of a scene while darkening or or backgrounding some other selection of the scene. Once that's accomplished, once um, something is highlighted, the listeners or the, the respondents' existing associations to the highlighted selection of reality Determine the listener's reaction. And it kind of determines the state of mind or the state of being of the listener's reaction. That's why attention is so important and why any consideration of persuasion is also a consideration of what's called, what we call salience, at least uh, the, the fancy term is salience. Salience is the, the quality of being noticeable. Um, a leader that gets an audience to focus attention on a key element of a message makes that element more important, simply by virtue of it being more noticeable. In media studies, we also call this the agenda-setting function of the news. And some scholars have argued that the ability of the mass media to persuade audience rests largely on its ability to draw attention to specific elements of a situation, and then to set the agenda for the conversation that follows. That is Donald Trump's signature rhetorical skill, He is most skilled at drawing attention to some particular selection of reality, highlighting, magnifying the attention to that selection of reality. And then all the conversation that follows from that selection of reality is determined by the attention we've already paid to it instead of some other things. That's because we assume the thing that we're focusing on in the moment is especially important even though it might not be. So right now we have a crisis, quote unquote crisis at the southern border according to Donald Trump. So Trump's ability to suck in attention and to highlight features of what's going on at the border set up the entire political conversation in terms that um, surround his particular highlighted selection of reality and not some others. Of course there is no crisis at the border there is an environmental crisis, a climate crisis, but we're not paying attention to that. Uh, one of the one of the the mo the, the, the I'll put it like this: one of the greatest powers of the presidency, just like one of the greatest powers of any person in a position of leadership, is this uh, agenda-setting function, this ability to draw attention to uh, a particular selection of reality. Here's another example. Uh, we have these bi meetings of all the chairs of all the, and all the departments of the Faculty of Arts and the Dean of Arts runs the meetings. The Dean of Arts often, often these days, talks about our budget. And his highlighting the selection of reality that emphasizes the financial situation of the Faculty of Arts is tremendously persuasive in that it sets the agenda for the conversation that follows. And then any kind of pedagogical, intellectual, research-based, um, et cetera, consideration can only be understood or thought about in response to the financial situation of the Faculty of Arts and, and the University of Waterloo. So the, the tremendous power of a leader lies in the leader's ability to highlight some feature of, of reality. And in, high, in doing that highlighting, deflect attention away from or darken or background some other selection of reality. Uh, sometimes this is called the fo- what's called the focusing illusion. Uh, so magicians can use this to their advantage too, in pulling off magic tricks. Uh, a good leader, though I, I don't want to talk about magi- magicians, a good leader or Donald Trump really, but a good leader can artfully draw outsized attention to the most favorable feature of the position that he or she is advocating in order to persuade an audience. So uh, Donald Trump does this again and again and again by highlighting and drawing attention to specific acts of criminality um, that immigrants have com- criminal acts that immigrants have committed become the feature of reality that he chooses to highlight instead of highlighting all of the wonderful things and accomplishments and contributions that immigrants have made to the United States. So think about all of the immigrants that are CEOs of major companies and creative wealth, uh, etc. And what happens in the conversation is that it gets uh, organized around whether or not uh, immigrants are more likely to commit crimes. And of course, they're not. They're less likely to commit crimes. But the very fact that the conversation has now um, has now focused on that selection of reality means that Trump has already won the debate. He's already persuaded the audience by setting the terms of the debate. And that's what good leaders are able to do. They draw outsized attention to the most favorable feature of the position that you're trying to advocate in order to persuade an audience. That means that a leader, he or she, becomes effective not just by getting the audience its attention but also by exaggerating uh I'll put it like this. They, they, they arrange the audience's attention to lend some specific feature an exaggerated significance before the audience can develop an opinion about that feature. So when Trump draws a lot of attention to a, a, an exaggerated, the exaggerated significance of a particular feature, before audiences really know anything about the situation, then he's already kind of won the debate and persuaded enough of, of the audience. When audience members do consider that feature more fully, so let's say, okay, we're going to think more carefully about whether immigrants really are do commit crimes, they're likely to be convinced that it's as important as the leader suggests. So they're likely to think that the issue of crimes committed by immigrants is really, really, really important. So regardless of whether they think there's ample evidence to suggest one way or the other that that's true, they've already been convinced that the attention given to that feature of reality, um, is accurate, is, is good or is, is right or just when in fact it's not. So, um, we, we shouldn't even be having a national conversation about immigration. It's kind of not relevant politically in, in the, in the real world. Um, but now that Trump has forced audiences to consider that feature of reality more fully, we've all been somehow convinced that it's, it's important. And so you see this on CNN every night or, or MSNBC every night, uh, where they have some whack job uh, right-wing Republican on who says, look, there's a crisis at the border, there's a crisis at the border. And then the left-leaning people are like, okay, yes, illegal immigration is bad and it's a problem. As soon as that's happened... Trump has won the conversation uh, because he has set the agenda for it, regardless of whether you're opposed to his position. And when he set the agenda for that position, there's a million other things that we're not talking about. There's a million other features of reality that you're not talking about. So when your friend walks in to lunch with a new haircut and you're like, wow, look at that new haircut, you've chosen not to talk about the fact that your friend just, just came out of a difficult exam, that your friend just broke up with her boyfriend, uh, a week ago, uh, that your friend's parents are sick, uh, that your friend just won an award. It's there are all these other features of reality that you've chosen not to talk about. And of course, your friend is going to react by uh, having engaging in a conversation then about her haircut and whether the haircut was good or bad or, or what that was like, and it will co-opt the attention of the conversation and drive the conversation, at least for, for some time. Um, so uh, Robert Cialdini's book, Persuasion, is loaded with examples of how salience influences our perception. And it's a great book, uh, just like uh, his other book. Uh, he's really kind of the leading researcher on some of these issues. In one example, he, he uses researchers had participants view a conversation from different angles. And these different viewpoints ensure that the focus of each person was different. When the researchers asked the people viewing the conversation about the meaning they made from those conversations, opinions changed based on where the viewer was standing. Their focus literally altered their perception. Sometimes simplistic communication strategies can be used to generate attention. So when, for example, advertising agencies put scantily clad women in commercials, they do so simply to draw the audience's attention. Those kinds of devices can work, but the important practice for a leader is to decide which feature of an experience ought to be highlighted in order to support some desired end. So if I wanna convince my colleagues to hire one candidate and not another, I have to draw attention to the importance of teaching and not research if the one candidate I support is a better teacher. In in that moment, my colleagues might see that teaching is more important than research and be persuaded that that's the person that we ought to hire. Um, This goes for any kind of deliberative decision that you have to make. If you want to control a conversation or control the outcome of a conversation, you need to highlight the features of reality that most align with your desired outcome or the desired outcome you're trying to persuade an audience to follow or to adapt. Um, that is one of the key features of the persuasive process, because in any kind of deliberative uh, deliberative moment, there are going to be different pros and cons and different uh, assumptions or different goals or different um, different whatever. And your power to draw attention to one feature of reality as opposed to another feature of reality will largely determine the outcome of the conversation. So we have what I call with my students the kind of controlling idea in any given situation. And the controlling idea is the one or two uh, criteria or points or images that are foregrounded that allow the other points or other ideas or other images or other things to to fall into the background. And so one thing you can control as a leader or as a persuasive communicator is the process of foregrounding and backgrounding. So that's really what we're after here. So how in my communicative acts can I engage in a, a process of foregrounding and backgrounding, of moving attention from one place to another. And remembering all along that attention is persuasion. So foregrounding the feature of reality that aligns with my interests or my position will ultimately be persuasive because the conversation will revolve around that feature of reality. This is another form of what I talked about in earlier episodes that is called framing. Um, presidential elections are usually won by who controls the conversation, not p- particular policy positions within that conversation. So what will the key features of the election be? What will audiences pay most attention to? So if for some, some shocking reason, 2020, the 2020 election becomes about climate change, becomes the thing that the selection of reality that most people are paying attention to, Donald Trump will not win. If it becomes a, 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 a conversation about immigration, Donald Trump will win because that is the selection of reality he's most highlighting and most emphasizing and most paying attention to. So the attention of his audience will align with his interests. And if the the only way to beat him or the only way to win an election is to control the very terms of the conversation itself when it's a national conversation like that. It's the same for smaller conversations in local businesses or in any kind of uh, more mundane organizational culture. Uh, You will get your way if you control the terms of the conversation by highlighting some feature of reality and drawing attention to it. So this is a really really simple episode in, in some ways but attention is persuasion. So as a communicator you should you should be asking yourself always, okay, what feature of reality am I highlighting? And in that case, which feature of reality am I backgrounding or putting in the dark? And does that feature of reality that I'm highlighting, does it align with my interests or am I simply responding to the frame or the practice of highlighting and attention grabbing that Another person in my communicative ecosystem has, has been, is, is been promoting. Um, so what am I highlighting with my communicative practices? How am I drawing attention to things? And how is that attention ultimately persuasive in, in that it can control the agenda or set the com- set the terms of the conversation for the future? Uh, so always, always remember that attention is persuasion. And one of the central features of language and the fact and, and the function of communication is to highlight some feature of reality and background some other, or to foreground and background, and to push ahead and push push behind. And we can't avoid doing that when we're using language or when we're communicating. We're always doing that. We're always drawing attention. And if we're always drawing attention, it better be with the thing that we're most interested in or that aligns with our interests so we can be persuasive. Uh, so that's it for, for uh, episode 54. It's a short episode. Uh, but it contains an incredibly important insight and you should always remember that attention is persuasion. Thanks everyone for listening. I'll see you all next time or I hope uh, you'll, you'll, you'll hear from me next time.